You may sit. Thank you. Good morning, church. Wow, I already feel intimidated. (laughs) It's a great honor to be here for the first time in my life to be in a place that's got a name like this, uh, with a surname, Hrafrine. Okay. I don't even know what that means, eh? But I'm glad I'm here. I always enjoy it when I go to visit other people. But let me start by just saying, guys, thank you very much. You don't know how much I've been ministered to while I've been here worshiping with you. I don't know if that didn't happen with you. But for me, I was ministered to. And I was thinking, Lord, what is this? Will I be able to stand and speak when I'm feeling like this? Because the presence of the Lord is standing here worshiping. I felt the presence of the Lord. You people are blessed. And may the Lord keep encouraging you to just seek the Lord with all your hearts, genuinely. There are places where you go and you try to worship and it's difficult just to worship because everyone else is not in the spirit of worship. But thank God for people that allow the spirit of God to work through them. And may He keep increasing you. Amen. I don't even know how I'm going to speak because I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know how to express it. (laughs) But... Well, briefly, let me introduce myself. Uh, My name is Innocent Matepo. I was born many, many, many years ago. (laughs) In a city that used to be called Salisbury, but is now called Harare. And um, I lived for... 12 years in Pretoria, and two years ago, I resigned from my job, and I went to lead the church in Grahamstown, which is the real capital city of the Eastern Cape. In case you didn't know, go, go check your, yeah. Okay, so I am married indeed to one wife. We celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary last week, and and yeah, we have two sons. Uh, one is one is 23; he's doing his third year at Rhodes University, and the second one is doing his metric now at Graham College. And we are blessed in that both of them, by God's grace, they serve in the church. And yeah, the younger son is in the media department. My older son uh, has always been with me. Because when I was in Pretoria, I was a worship leader. And then he's always been with me. He plays the drums and bass in church. So I am grateful for that. It is by God's grace. There was a time when I wanted to kill him. But that's, that's a story for another time. Uh, my wife actually did say to me I should pass her, her greetings to the church. I don't usually travel without my wife because when I'm not with, with my wife, I feel very lost. <laughs> because she keeps me in line and keeps telling me, now you need to do this, now you, because I'm very mixed up. I get myself so mixed up because I'm already mixed up right now. I don't even know where to go from here. My wife would have given me a signal where to go to say, stop talking too much and get into what you need to do. But I'm grateful to be in Hrafren, and I believe that the Lord has given me a word to speak to you this morning. Uh, I was telling uh, Pastor Dolan and Sarah last night that Actually, I've been struggling and asking the Lord, what should I speak about? And I prepared about three messages. But on my way here, as I was driving here, something kind of dropped into my spirit. And I said, Lord, I don't think that's a good word for me to speak. If this is the first time I'm going to speak to people, I don't think they will understand me. But you know what? I've learned one thing. There are things that make sense to us, but they don't make sense to God because he knows what is ahead better than I do. He knows who's here. I have no idea. Other than Dolan and Sarah and Ingrid, I don't know who, anyone else here. But the Lord does. 
So maybe if the word is for someone or one person, I'd be glad to have uh, allowed the Lord to use me to speak to that one person. But I believe there are going to be a few people that are going to hear this word. So before I speak, please allow me to moan a little bit. I usually speak about something before I talk, but today I'm going to speak about soccer because it's safer in this region to speak about soccer. Because I noticed when I came to, to the Eastern Cape that if I speak about rugby, I upset a lot of people because my favorite rugby team, they don't like it at all. So I won't even mention the name. But, but you can guess because I lived in Pretoria for, for 12 years. <clears throat> so I'm mourning a little bit because my team's 39... Uh, 39 match unbeaten run was ended by our worst rival last night. In case you don't know, my favorite team in, in overseas is FC Barcelona. And yeah, of all the teams that would end their unbeaten run, I was thinking if they would get to 40 matches unbeaten. And then at number 39, our worst rival stops us. I don't like odd numbers. That's, that's horrible. <laughs> I'm very poor at giving titles to my message, but this morning I'm going to title my message the one we like. And you will understand why in a little bit. I'm going to read from the Word of God. Um, if the slides are, are not as nice as you, you, you are used to, <clears throat> well, let me just be rude and say, get over it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's get into the word of God. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the power of your spirit. We thank you for your presence that is very tangible in this place right now. Lord, I want to thank you and bless you that your word is going to speak to our hearts. We want to honor your word, O God, by being faithful to it and faithful to you because your word says you honor your word above your name. And we want to honor your word this morning by obeying it. And Father, I pray that you bless this word. You bless the words that come out of my mouth. Just make me a microphone that speaks, O oh God, what you are speaking. And not from my mind only, O oh God. But use me as a mouthpiece for you this morning. Pray for the whole congregation that we would hear and receive our morsel for the day. That we would receive our bread for, t- for this morning. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> For by grace you have been saved. I love that part because if we, were to, if we had been asked to work for our salvation, some of us who are lazy would not have qualified to receive salvation. But by grace you have been saved. Through faith, which God even himself gave to us. Because the Bible says to each one God has dealt a measure of faith. You know, it is by faith and by God's grace that I'm here today. And as I said, two years ago, I was working for an organization that was in a form of transition. It was, it's called Southern African Asset Management Association. Uh, I never studied for what I was doing there, but by God's grace, I was there. So I've been in the ministry for two years. And I'm here today in Rene. I don't even know if I knew there was a place called Craft Renee two years ago. But I'm here. Why? God's grace opens doors that we never even imagine. If we allow the grace of God to work in us, we're going to start to see things we never imagined. We can limit ourselves by letting our imagination be the director of, what, of where we go. But I want to say to you this morning, if you let the grace of God lead you, you're going to see greater things than you could ever imagine. The Bible says to us, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that we we think, imagine. You know, even dream of 
Can you imagine that God says to you, imagine the biggest, best thing that could ever happen to you. And then God says to you, what you have imagined, I'm able to do even better than that. So it is by grace. So I'd rather have my salvation by grace rather than by works. But sometimes works come into, the, into play and we put them before everything else. And we seek for God's approval through our works. We seek for God's uh, love and favor through works. But by grace you have been saved. Through faith. All of this, it is God's doing. It is not you. Don't worry, you will get where I'm going very soon. So, let me speak about God's tripartite mandate in our lives. In this verse, God works in us through a tripartite mandate, but there are other ways, of course, but I'm going to speak about the tripartite mandate of God in our lives. First of all, God works for us in salvation. Because you do not save yourself. Your part in salvation is just receiving it. No person, no one can work for their salvation. It is by grace, as we have heard in Ephesians chapter 2. So God works for us in salvation. But number two, God works in us by working out His holiness. See, it says, for we are His workmanship. When the Bible says we are his workmanship, other versions say we are his masterpiece. Do you know what a masterpiece is? It's a work of art created to look beautiful. When when God's workmanship, when God does his workmanship, God is the perfecter of everything because he is a perfect God. God is working to make you a masterpiece, to make you a perfect work, to make something perfect out of you. And when he does that, he's not just making you perfect outside. I see many beautiful people this morning in this place. But God is more concerned about making you perfect on the inside. You are his workmanship. He works upon you on the inside to make you pure, to make you holy. In holiness, God is working in you. So God works for us in salvation, but God works us to work, works in us to work his holiness in us. And this is all God doing this. And then thirdly, then God works through us. See, in verse 10, the last part, it says, created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were saved by grace through faith. God worked for you. He did the the salvation. Why? Because he wants to do his workmanship in you. To create a masterpiece out of you. That's his holiness working in you. And then God wants... To work in you to cause you to be an agent for his good works that he created for you. (laughs) You know, in this church, every single one of you, there are good works that God has prepared for you to work out. There is a place for every single one of us in this house to work in this house and in this community. Khrafrenate needs you to take your place and do the good works that God prepared for you beforehand. God knows you, created you, gave you the character you have, gave you the mindset you have so that you would fit into the works that he has prepared for you. The talents that you have, they were specifically designed for you that in the season that you are in Kraft Rene, you would be able to execute the duties and the assignment that God has for you. God is an assignment for you here. So now let me get to the part where I become unpopular. What are you doing in the church and in this community? He has saved you. That's God working for you. He is working his holiness in you. He is working in you. But then God now wants to work through you. This city can 
be saved and come to Jesus Christ, the whole of this city. It's not impossible. Now, tell me something. If every single one of us here decided next week every one of us is going to bring a friend to church, what's going to happen? But why don't we? Have you asked yourself, why is it difficult for you to invite your friend to church? You can share everything in the office, at work, at school. You can share everything. But you don't want to share with them that good time you have at church. Unless you're not having a good time, yeah? You are ashamed of asking them to come to church, are you? I understand your theme this year is something like bringing the outside into the core, something like that. Listen, in, in my church they know this, and I'm always speaking about it. If you're not doing something to take your place in the house of God and in your community, you need to check yourself. And this morning, here is a point that I'm bringing to you. I'm talking to you about checking yourself. Because I am saying this morning, let me give you my major point for this morning before we even go into the rest of everything. I don't think I'll speak for very long. My point is this. We are children of God, saved by Him through His grace. The Bible has told us here, He saved us by grace through faith. So that he would create in us his great a masterpiece, a work of art. So that through us, through that work of art, he can then do his great works and bring glory to his name wherever we are. And bring the lost back into the kingdom of God. But do you know the greatest problem that God has with his children is that children of God do not allow God to work in them. We celebrate the salvation. Everyone can give you a testimony about their salvation. Many people will tell you, they, many of us remember the day we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. I can tell you it was on the 18th of April in 1982 when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I can remember that. Many of us could tell us Things that God did through us. God did this through me. We can boast about signs and wonders that God has done through us. But how many people are willing to boast about things that God has done in us? Changing us. Making us more like Jesus. Bringing holiness into us. You see, that's the core of why it's difficult for people to just give of themselves and say, I am ready to be used of the Lord. Because we are not allowing God to work on the inside of us. When you allow God to work on the inside of you, it becomes easier and better for you to work, to allow God to work outside, out through you. All right. Yeah. It's very, it's very, very easy to understand where I'm going. Let me read you something that I found out um, on Friday. Um, there is an art, a man called Denison. He writes articles about, he writes social commentary about what's happening in the world. And he wrote a piece, which I want to read to you, which says, according to James Traub, um, John Quincy Adams. John Quincy Adams was the sixth American president from 1825 to 1848. John Quincy Adams fashioned his entire life around principle. That's why he was unwilling to make political compromises that could have ensured greater political success. And it is why he could humble himself by returning to Congress to continue his commitment to public service. However, Trobe notes that our age is different from that of the founding fathers. Our household gods are not Plato or Aristotle, philosophers of a fixed cosmos, but Darwin and Freud. Darwin taught our culture that we are the product of evolution, not creation. Freud taught us that we are the product and sometimes the victim of our subconscious mind and instincts. But the statement that struck me is the one when he says, neither believed in a personal transformational God. 
And they have shaped the society of today. If you have studied psychology, sociology, these names are very, very prominent. And these people did not believe in a transformational God. And sadly, we sometimes see that in church as well, people want a God who works for them to save them, who works through them, but they do not believe in a transformational God who transforms them from one thing to the other. I ask you this morning, since you got born again, what has changed in your life? Are you becoming better? Is God working something out in you that you can tell and you can say there is a difference? What I was last year is not what I am today. What I was two years ago is not where I am today. (laughs) You see, I always ask myself, whenever we make a New Year's resolution, I don't usually make resolutions, I usually just do Take an audit of my life. Where am I today? Am I studying the Bible the same way I was last year? Am I praying the same level that I was at last year? What has changed? Am I loving my brothers the same way I was doing last year? Or have I become better? This may be a very hard word for for some of us. But I think sometimes we need to face ourselves. Are we allowing the transformation of God to work in us? If we're going to be effective in making this church significant and great, in making this community great and experience the power of God, we're going to see ourselves as people that allow the transformation of God to work inside of us. We are not going to fulfill, it doesn't matter how grand our vision is. If we do not allow the God of, the the transformation of God to work in us, we are going to fail dismally. Because what we're going to produce is going to just be humanistic and it's not going to have a godly stamp on it. Why do we have churches that are feeding people Red snakes, red snakes, and all those kinds of things. It's because we are having people that have received salvation, that are glad about what God can do through them. But the character that comes out of a holiness, an encounter that brings holiness in them, has not been developed. Why do we have Christians that are comfortable to come to church, become a passenger, go home, and live a completely different life from what they would live if they were in church? It's because we've not allowed the transformation of God to transform us. How have we managed as a church to create converts that are converts only on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they are just the same as the world? Because the challenge to become more like Jesus has not been received. We receive the salvation. And from salvation, that's it. I, am, I have got my fire insurance. I'm not going to hell. That's it. I'm fine. Listen, God has got a greater work that he wants to do. Salvation is not just about you escaping hell. Salvation has got a great deal more than just escaping hell. You are a special creation of God. God wants to make a masterpiece out of you. The very best of you has not yet even been seen. I believe in God, but because He has Allow God to do what he wants to do. I have faith in what God is doing in this church. I haven't known Dolan for a long time. But I believe that what God has put in his heart, allow him, allow God to use him. Receive this word. Receive it. And run with it. And allow God to change you, transform you. You're going to see a difference in your life. 
You know, sometimes God does great things in us when we start receiving the simple things that He is doing. I challenge my church all the time. I say to them, I don't usually preach very complicated messages. I like to keep things simple. Why? Because I don't want to give you difficult things to try and imagine. How am I going to put this into practice? Because people love to hear complicated messages that explain this and that and have this Greek word put in there and all of that. And then you have a complex message. But the simple message that says to you, hey, you are not acting as a loving person. Just love your neighbor. You haven't qualified or you have not yet practiced that. But you want me to tell you about Greek philosophy and stuff that is so deep that it will blow your mind. You will live here with a blown mind and a direct life. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was already running out of time before I even start preaching. <laughs> okay. Allow me just a few more minutes to speak about Israel. Israel is a great picture of what I'm speaking about. Let's read um, from the book. Sure. Yeah, I didn't even put the reference, but I know it's from the first from the book of First Corinthians. The book of First Corinthians should be from chapter five. For I do not want you. From, from, from verse 1 oh, look at me for I do not want you to be ignorant I usually mark in my Bible but well, you know what I did is because I am getting old my, my eyesight is failing and I forgot my spectacles yeah for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact brothers and sisters that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they passed they all passed through the sea They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Now, we see, again, those three points that I spoke about. You see, the children of Israel, their coming out of Egypt was a case of God working for them. Forty years of wandering in the wilderness illustrates what God does at working in us. Remember, the Bible says God was not pleased with them. That's why they had to die. The whole generation that God was not pleased with died. And God is asking us this morning, there are some things that need to die in us. Allow God to take you through the wilderness period where he kills certain things in you so that you may enter the land that he is promising you. You cannot enter the land of promise without killing the things that are working against God in you. What is stopping you from experiencing the great works of God is that the things that God has said to you kill this. You are not allowing him. The children of Israel, if you check the map of where they were coming from, to where they actually were trade routes that people used to use. And it would have taken them a few days to cross over, but it took them 40 years. Why? The Bible says it was because of their unbelief. Are we going to be caught up in unbelief and not allowing God to kill the things that need to be? You see, there are things that we can hold on to. We were just singing right now about surrender. And I'm thankful that Pastor Dolan spoke about it as well. You see, God says, surrender to me. When you surrender to me, I will give you something else better to hold on to. But we are afraid of releasing those things that we are holding on to to God. God says, trust me, I have something better, exceedingly abundantly above that which you are holding or imagining in your heart. But we say, no, Lord, 
This is the only thing I have. This is the only thing I'm holding on to. And God says, surrender this to me. I will give you, I will make you a better person. I will give you a better life. But we don't want to. We don't want to kill that. God says, leave that relationship. It's not good for you. But we say, no, God, this is the only one who understands me. But God says, this one is understanding you to hell because they are not good for you. They are leading you astray. They take you to the wrong places. Sometimes God says to you, just release the time that you are using. There are evil things that we indulge in. Hey, not, just, not because they are inherently evil, but because they take our time away from the time that we would spend with God. And God says, surrender this time. That you are spending uh, watching so much TV. Well, sorry, I'm getting into your homes now, but I need to say things that are direct as I feel the Lord is saying this morning. Are you being a good steward with your time? God says, surrender this time to me. I will mold you. Those are the times that God uses to work holiness into you. But are you giving him the opportunity to work holiness into you by letting him have the time? God says, can you just spend a few minutes with me? Study the word. And don't just skim over it to just, you know, quench, to cool, to quiet your your, your conscience to say, I've done my duty for today. You see, Bible study does not have to be something that you do just for your conscience. You have to do it because of a relationship. Because that relationship is a transformational relationship. It transforms you. Allow the wilderness experience to shape you. And God, when I, when I, there was, there was a time when I really felt that God was taking me through a, a wilderness experience. When I felt like, even when I tried to pray, it seemed like God was saying no. I felt so lost. I felt so in a time of being unable to reach God. And as I was searching and searching and searching for why am I feeling so dry? Why am I feeling like this? I I realized that God was saying to me, there are things that I needed to let go of. But the longer I took to let go of those things, the more I felt further and further pulled away from God. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. You can immediately surrender to God. And you will see the changes. That's what I pray for myself and for everyone. That we would surrender to God quickly rather than take longer to surrender to Him. The children of Israel could have reached their destination very quickly. But they took a long time. Forty years, God cleansing, wiping them because God was not happy with them. If God is not happy with something in your life, remember he's a holy God, and a holy God will not accept things that are unholy. He is working holiness into you. Amen. You see, when the Israelites were now entering into the land to possess the land, they were now fighting against the Canaanites, fighting against the Jebusites, Amalekites, and the Temites, and every... And... God was working through them. He is the one who was now doing this through them because he's a God who works for us, in us, and through us. You see, God saved them by his mighty hand and they passed through the sea. He did it. They didn't have to do it. They didn't have to swim across. He did it. That was their salvation. And God did mighty things through, for and through them. They ate and drank spiritual food. That was miraculous. But the Bible sadly says God was not pleased with most of them. Because their hearts were not in the right place. Their hearts were not circumcised. That is why as soon as they crossed over, before they could occupy the land, they went to Gilgal. The place where they were circumcised. Let me briefly, as I close, speak about circumcision of your heart. Because that's what I've been speaking about this morning. Allow God to circumcise your heart. Colossians chapter 2 verse 11 to 14 says, (coughs) 
in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh God made you alive with Christ he forgave us all our sins having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us he has taken it away nailing it to the cross i love that i love the fact that there was a handwritten a handwriting a, a charge sheet that had my name on it and said he did this he did that he did that he did that he deserves to be condemned and put to death but jesus christ came if you read the book of colossians in chapter 2 i think it's in verse 15 then jesus christ comes and he sees that charge sheet and he tears it apart and the bible says he disarmed all principalities and powers and he made a public demonstration of them triumphing over them by his cross on my behalf he came and he said what are you saying devil what charge do you have against this person i am here i am the gatekeeper i am the goalkeeper you will not score against this one because i am here i am an effective defender because he took all the handwriting that was against me and he says it is all finished it is finished So my salvation is secure and I'm glad that I serve a Jesus Christ who is effective in his salvation. But he is also effective in his transformation. I always give my church the, my testimony that because my mother my mom died when I was only 10 years old and my father was not unfortunately a very good watchful person over his children. At the age of 10 we were free to do anything we wanted so i could have become anything and i did become associated with some people that were very very bad people actually one of the people that i was with was part of a gang i joined part of a gang at the age of 11 and we were they taught me how to roll a mean zol hey do you, okay maybe you don't know what it's what i'm talking about At the age of 11 I could roll a good one and I would smoke those things and to tell you what I, when I always remember this I always give thanks to God for what he did for me because one of the guys actually was shot dead by police after he had been involved in a robbery and that was part of our gang that I was in but I thank God because God had rescued me from that already and at the age of 14 well yeah 14 he had saved me and i was transformed completely transformed where was my life heading to at the age of 11 i'm already involved in gangs i'm already into drugs i'm already into all the evil that you can imagine at that age what was my destiny but god rescued me He took me out. He took me out from a sure life of destruction. He's an effective, but look at me now. What am I doing? I'm speaking to you and I'm challenging you that take this word. Allow God to work on you. He can change you. He can transform you. He can make something beautiful out of you because that was his original intent. He created you in Christ Jesus to make a masterpiece out of you. You are destined for great things. You are destined for good things. He has made the provision for you to become someone of significance, someone of influence because he has loved you so much. He doesn't want you to remain someone whose influence depends on how many bucks you have in your hand. He wants you to be a person of influence because of something great inside of you. You have to be great inside. Don't be great because you drive a big car. Oh people are impressed because of the car so that gives you influence that's off the world you know 
you know, those are things that are going to last for a while. But you can have eternal influence because you have allowed eternal influence to transform you on the inside as well. You see, people like a God who works for them and a God who works through them to do miracles and signs and wonders. But we shun this God who works in us. You see, circumcision, don't be embarrassed now. Circumcision is something that happens in the most private of your, of your, parts of your whole physical being. And God wants circumcision to happen in the most private part of your spiritual being as well. If we are not spiritually circumcised, God is unable to work with us. We will follow our own paths. You see, circumcision was to remove the power of the flesh because it was a cutting off of the flesh. Circumcision is supposed to remove the power of the flesh over you. Because the flesh always wars against the spirit. Circumcision is supposed to be, you know, God removing the unnecessary. There are unnecessary things that God wants to remove from your life. Listen to what the the Bible says. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 13, it says, It is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It is God who works in you. But are you allowing him to work in you? He, he works in you to will. You see, the greatest part of us that usually refuses to surrender to God is our will. But if your will is surrendered to God, if you say, God, I'm surrendering my will to you, the Bible says God works in you to help you to will so that your will starts to will for the things of God. You start to desire the will of God. You start to desire to do the things that please God. He works in you to will. But not only to will. Then doing. Be ye doers of the word. Not hearers only deceiving yourself. I don't know if there is anyone here who says I don't want to fulfill the purposes of God in my life. So this morning if you want to fulfill the purposes of God in your life. I'm saying to you. Allow God. To work in you, to will, and to do his good purposes, his good works. To will and to purpose in you, to bring transformation in your life, so that you can be able to do his God, to to fulfill his good purposes. Maybe this morning as we close this meeting, maybe this morning as you seated here, you feel there are things in my life, that I would like to speak to God about. That God would circumcise from my life. Attitudes that you know are hindering you from being close to God, from being close to others, from doing the will of God. I'd like to ask you to just take a moment to speak to God. Engage with your God. Speak to Him. Ask Him. If you're not sure, ask the Spirit of God. Say, Holy Spirit, show me where I may not be surrendering to you so that you can work on the inside. I'm trusting God for a church that is 100% filled with people that are surrendered to God. And I believe it is possible. And I believe the power of God is available to do that. For it is He who works in us to will and to do His good will. And to fulfill his good purposes. May we close our eyes. If you are here this morning and you say pray with me. I need to experience the power of God to help me. To cut off certain things. I have decided I want to surrender. Certain areas of my life that were not surrendered. Because I want to be an effective worker of God. You see God wants to. Allow his power to work through you so that he can minister to the church and minister to the world around us. But God is not irresponsible to surrender his power to somebody whose heart is not surrendered to him. 
God does not want to give his power to people that are going to abuse it by using it for things that are outside of his will. So if you're here this morning, I want to pray with you. Just raise your hand where you are and I'll pray with you. Thank you. Thank you for raising your hands. And I'm going to pray right now. Father, this morning you know where our hearts are. And I'm praying, Lord. You know that every hand that is raised is a cry for help from you. Holy Spirit, we believe in your power. We believe in your efficacy. We believe that you are able. We believe that you are more than capable of transforming us. Right at this moment, I pray that your presence would come now and transform and change hearts. Lord Jesus, work in us. Work in us, we pray. Thank you for working for us and saving us. Thank you for working through us to help us to do good works. But those works are like hay, wood, and stubble if you do not work your holiness in us. Father, I praise you. I thank you that every hand that is raised is an act of surrender and a request for help. It's a cry for help. And Lord, you never turn your ear away from the cry that says, help me, Lord. Thank you that your hand is not too short to save, nor your ear too blocked not to hear our cry for help. This morning I pray for every hand that is raised, that the hearts, Lord, that are crying for your help, Lord, will receive the help they need. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I release the power of the anointing of God to help you now. That you will no longer be a subject and, 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 a, and a slave to whatever has been holding you back from releasing your life completely to Jesus Christ. Let the power of the Spirit of God work upon you and in you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you Holy Spirit, thank you Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I praise you and I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'd like us to just ask us to stand. Of the people that raised your hands, I feel there's one of you who's saying to you, you are held back by unforgiveness because of, a, a, because of a, 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 something that happened between you and your parent. And I'd like to pray with you because the Spirit of God says you can be released from that power of unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness blocks you from receiving and seeing the favor of God. Can we stand on our feet, please? And if you are willing, please come to the front, we will pray. If you feel you are the person that I'm speaking about. Because the Holy Spirit, I sense that the Holy Spirit says you need to let go of that unforgiveness between you and your parent. But if you also here this morning, I just want to ask, maybe I am speaking to people and someone here says, in my spirit, I have not yet seen God work for me, bringing salvation into my life. If you are here, you are not yet saved. Jesus Christ is not yet Lord of your life. Jesus Christ hasn't come in. You see, Revelation says, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in and sup with him and dine with him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus wants to come into your heart. You cannot be saved and God cannot work in your heart until you allow him in. He does not force himself in. He asks you to open and then when you allow him, he comes in. You see, you cannot be a child of God without getting the, his permission and giving him permission to come in. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, to those who believed him, who received his name, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to be called a child of God. So you need to give him the right. Is there anyone this morning who says, while everyone else is concentrating and praying and asking themselves about where do I stand in relation to this word this morning? If you are here this morning and you say, I need to be saved, just raise your hand where you are and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone who says, I need to be saved? I need to receive Jesus. I need to allow him to, to work for me. I need to accept the salvation that he is offering me. No one. We are all saved. Thank you very much. Thank you for, for raising your hand. This is the best decision you can ever make in your life. Because you're running with your life away 
from the destruction. The Bible says the devil only comes to kill, steal and to destroy. And when you raise your hand to say, Jesus, save me, you are running away from the killing, from the stealing that happens. And from the destruction, the sure destruction. And I congratulate you for making this life-changing decision. Jesus is faithful in what he does. He will change you. Just say yes to him. He will change you. I'm going to ask us as a church to do one thing. We're going to pray with this brave young man this morning as he receives Jesus Christ. Amen. So say this after me and say it from your heart. God is hearing you right now. He hears what you're saying and he believes you because I know that in your heart you also believe that he hears you and he will change you. Amen. Let's pray. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning and I confess all my sins and ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me with your blood. Thank you for dying for me that I do not have to die but I may have eternal life. God, thank you for sending Jesus Christ in my place to die. This morning, I ask that Jesus Christ come into my heart and be Lord of my life. From today onwards, I surrender my life and I'm your child. From today onwards, I turn my back on the past and I accept the new life that you are offering me. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. So this morning, I'm really thankful and grateful for for you allowing me to come and say something to you. I don't know what's the next step from here on, but I'd like to encourage you to think about this. This is not the end of it. We do not limit the word of God to work on us only when we are in the church. When you go home, think about this. God, ask God. You see, the Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Because why? Because God gives to all liberally and without reproach. If you do not know what to do next, the Bible says, ask God. Amen. And ask the Spirit of God. Search me, Spirit of God. Show me where I have not allowed you to circumcise and cut off unnecessary things. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.